podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there and welcome to It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans. For Leicester City fans, it's like an emergency Cobra meeting in here tonight. We've got the full crew together uh, to dissect the disaster at uh, the City Ground yesterday. Aidan, it has been a while, but it's great to see you today, my friend. How have you been keeping? Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Uh, keeping well in training for the Belfast Marathon. Less than 12 weeks to go, so I'm hoping some of my body fat will start to fall off, Mark. And, oh yeah, you don't really carry body fat, but uh, how's House Crusaders been getting on in the interim? Are we uh, we surged up the league. Have we got any positivity there? Yeah, not not badly. We're we're fourth with a game in hand. Sorry, we're fifth with a game in hand that would take us to fourth. I think realistically, a, a third place finish would be a big achievement. We're into the quarterfinals of the Irish Cup, and the the quarterfinal draw has been quite favourable to us. So we should be in the semi-finals and see what goes on from there. But we, we really also created a new it. song, a new Thanks. song on Saturday. <laughs> Well done. Go for it. Uh, well, we've, we signed a guy, Ben Kennedy, a Northern Irish guy who came back from Stevenage. Kennedy, uh-huh, running down the wing, uh-huh, makes Crusaders sing, uh-huh, now we're going <laughs> to win the cup. Kennedy, uh-huh, running down the wing, uh-huh, makes Crusaders sing, uh-huh, now we're going to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really is. catchy, Aiden. Thanks. You watch the list of numbers go up again this week now, Aiden. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, we, we need you as well to, to give us some uh, tough love, I think, tonight. How, how have you been keeping? Uh, yeah, I can't say that uh, it's any better for my lot either with Big Night. Um, we're playing really good football, but we're just not getting any results. So, um, frustrating rounds of football, round we lost 3 1. It's a team that in the same sort of position as us, so it would be nice to get results. So um, I can vent that frustration on towards your lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Maybe on a smaller scale, I think, tonight, because we're at maximum frustration. <laughs> Barry, you've had a week off, haven't you, after Man U in the last round? Um, so your guys will be good to go again this week. Yeah, certainly. We've had two wins, um, closed doors matches. So, uh, yeah, pumped to see what happens this week. I think we'll be yeah. full strength, ready to go. And your other team, Aberdeen, are really struggling. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible manager. He just, he just doesn't cut it, doesn't have the respect to the players, I don't think, so get it on. It's that simple. Tom, you were enjoying a bit of Scottish football yesterday, weren't you, pre-Leicester uh, v Forest? Yeah, I mean, Motherwell kind of made us look bad, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, a bit of a challenge, wasn't it, for us yesterday? So mm, that leaves just... us with Steve. Stephen, start me off. Tell me how you are, but start us off and just give us your initial feelings after yesterday's disappointing 4-1 defeat away at Nottingham Forest. Well, at least the ladies won at Birmingham. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a debacle, wasn't it? Um, you expect it to be a difficult game, to be honest. Forrest have been on a good run, um, charged up from bottom of the table to the fringe of the playoffs. And uh, we've had a difficult time of it. But you expect some fight and some passion. It's a local derby. Everyone was saying before the game, oh, it's great to be in a derby game. We know how much this means to the fans. 
well, you could have kidded me when you saw the the effort or lack of effort that they put in. I'm not sure anyone had a great game. I think Madison just about squeaks by with a pass, but everyone else was disgusting. It's probably the, the right place to start, then, isn't it? Uh, Barry, before we kicked off yesterday, you asked about the local lads of the team, four Leicester City locals in that squad. Were you surprised by the lack of bite and character that they showed after that first 20 minutes? Uh, absolutely. They were so shell-shocked and uh, lethargic. Um, and I think I messaged you quite early on, like, what's Amarty and Ndidi doing? They were just letting players fly past them, not even fly past them, just walk past them, easy passing. It was just, yeah, I just don't know if they understood it. And, and I think, uh, since I've thought back about it, it I, I think it's possibly an arrogance thing. I think, and maybe arrogance is a bit strong, I think Forrest came out with a game plan and knew your strengths. And I don't think you guys did that on them. Like they, they are the informed team of the championship. We've got to take them seriously. And I don't think you guys did at all. They're a good team, aren't they, Aaron? They, they look really sharp uh, in their approach yesterday. You know, if you speak to Forest fans, they'll tell you it's not a derby match. They don't care about us, but they were, they were bang up for it. Oh, yeah. Look, they've been, since Steve Cooper has taken over, uh, Steve mentioned they were right at the bottom and I think they're two points from playoffs since since he's been there so they've come right out they play some good football they're aggressive yesterday they, they were pumped they obviously had the crowd behind them they did look like they had a game plan but they've done the, the simple stuff right they were aggressive they got in your faces you didn't have time on the ball they won all the second ball they just done that stuff all right and then yeah you're not just completely crumbled from that they just didn't know what to do they look like they didn't fancy, didn't they? So, Aaron, as a Bristol City fan, you'll probably have both sides of this. You play a cup game against a team a couple of leagues down, sometimes play the league above, and you know that you've got a chance if you win those battles, the the physical side of it. And, and Leicester, I can't remember them winning a battle yesterday, really, all over the field. No, there, there were times, I think, Didi was the one that I kept seeing, especially in the second half, where I it was just a, a real weak five, ten-yard pass, or there'd be a, a bit of a 50-50 and he'd just kind of dangle his leg in to look like he's putting a tackle in where there was no oomph to it, no aggression, no fight for it. Even if, do you know what, the first half, that was it 12 minutes spell or whatever it was that Forrest had and they got their goals, get mm. them in at half time, give them a, a right good kick up the ass. We'd expect a reaction in the second half. Even if you're still struggling to find your passes or whatever, at least a bit of fight and a, a, a bit about it. It's just nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'll tell you what then, Tom, let's go back a step from there. Let's talk about the line that was put out yesterday. I, I get what Aaron's saying. I think we all saw that all over the pitch. Every second ball was won by Forrest. Every bit of character really was shown by, by Forrest. Did we have the tools at our, our sort of fingertips to put a different side out and be a little bit more physical, a bit more physically prepared for, for or mentally prepared for the game? Wow, well, you could say that now. I mean, you know, we, we could have started with KDH. Um, he's, he's one of the, our players that's shown the most fight recently in, in, in other games. Um, even Samare, if you want to, if you want to kind of brick up the midfield, he should have probably been brought on in the first half. Um, but it's no blaming the, the players. Well, blame, blaming our lack of tools, let's say that we got out there. We, we've got enough to take that game. We've got more than enough. So it was down Slightly to the performance and the, and the tactics. 
slightly around the mentality. Aidan, I guess where I was going with that was there's one real issue that I had with the selection yesterday. I know Kasper Schmeichel gets a lot of stick on occasion, but and I don't say this too flippantly, when your defence is shit, um, you need someone behind them that's going to give them a bit of instruction and a bit of clarity about their role. And Danny Ward didn't necessarily do that yesterday. I just feel like it might have been a mistake leaving Casper out for, for that one. What's your thoughts? I think that's where, you know, the accusations of arrogance against against us, you know, that's probably one of the main points that they hang on because, um, you know, Casper Schmeichel, he's one of our main, potentially our best player, you could say, uh, in ways. Um, and a stalwart of the club and, and to leave him out, it's nearly like a, a red rag to a bull for for Forrest. It's a bit of an insult, disrespect for Forrest, as as Barry was saying. We we didn't take them seriously enough, and um, we didn't risk giving them maybe the respect, um, or didn't understand how hard we would have to fight to win that. Um, and, and so dropping Schmeichel, putting Ward in, absolutely. We've got um, Daniel Amarte, who's certainly not one of our our first choice central defenders, but he's starting. Um, Casper would have been invaluable, I think, in there to organise. Quite simply, Danny Ward doesn't play with them. You know, there's not that working relationship. There's not that on-pitch relationship there. So I, don't think, I don't think you can put it down to that, though, Mark. I think it's a factor because Michael is a talker <clears throat> and a shouter and he would have organised and Danny Ward seemed very quiet. But just, we had a good enough team to beat Forrest put out there. Um, not only did you have the catastrophe from Amati and Sionchu in the middle, you had Tielemans and Ndidi doing absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I, you could have made six substitutions before halftime. I know you're not allowed to do that many, but and then you got Barnes, who for a little while looked like he was going to mm. cause them problems going forward. Never helped Thomas at all, right? And was ambling back in the picture. I remember one, one of the goals, and the guy he should have been, I think the number two he should have been on, he came ambling back in just into picture as the ball's going in the back of the net. Well, no running, no effort. Um, Luckman kept losing the ball. We couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, just so many disgraceful performances. I mean, scores of two or three out of ten tops for mm. a load of them, I'd say. And it is like an attitudinal issue. I think some of them think, oh, they are, we're playing a championship team. All we need to do is turn up and we've got this. There was no effort, no desire. But does surely does, does playing Noor's disrespect to Danny Ward... But does starting with him not underline that? Is that not something that enters into the player's psyche whenever they see his name starting instead of Schmeichel, that, that Brendan Rodgers has given that um, feeling or, or given them that reason to, to kind of think that in the subconscious that, that we do just have to turn up? You know, We're not going to go to Anfield on Thursday and play Danny Ward. That's not going to enter into... Yeah, but why you're not going to keep sure Danny? That we've disrespected Forrest and underestimated them. Well, you're not going to keep Danny Ward, are you? If he doesn't get a game, I mean, we normally play him in the cup games until semi-final or something. So this isn't unusual. It's mm. something we often do, right? Because he needs when you when all you're doing is training and you're not getting any game time, you've got to have the occasional match, right? And we've normally put Danny Ward in in the cup games. That's and, true. That's true. You know, so I, 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 yes, I think it was a factor, but it's certainly not the biggest factor for me. But at the same time, at the same time, them two, Sionchu and Marty have played enough times recently with Schmeichel yeah. behind them and not really showed themselves in too much glory. So putting it on Ward, I think, is unfair just because his name's not. He's still an international, absolutely still an international, and he could have done nothing about the goals. 
No, so I, the, one, the one that made them was a good finish. That yeah. happens to top no, what, what, I, what I wasn't suggesting was that that was the entirety of the, the reason. I'd, uh, it might have been a contri- sort of contributing factor, um, again, around that leadership piece, because the, and it, it's not down to the goalkeeper, really. It was around the organisation, because our defence yeah. is so bad. We're lucky, I think. And I'm going to be really careful not to go too overboard, because I, I feel really strongly about, about this. That was our cup defence that we gave away yesterday. Um, I think we're lucky we've got 26 points because if we run about 20 points now, I think we'll be looking over our shoulder very, very seriously because I don't know where the next win's going to come from because you don't win games in the Premier League if you don't have a set of players that look committed. And I don't, Tom, I don't know about you. Our players don't didn't look committed to me. So that was the first point around commitment, no. desire, energy. wasn't there. Absolutely. Um I mean, like, like you've said with Barnes, he, he he was in positions, you know, in the first 20 minutes to to make something happen. After that, didn't see him go in for a 50-50. And, and he was, it was like he was closer to the ball than every Forest player all the time, but wasn't getting there. And I, I can't remember a tackle from one of our lads. Just didn't fancy it. At the same token, Aaron, you've got a guy that, He's making it quite clear he's going to leave at the end of the season. I, I've defended Yuri Tillemans a lot. Uh, he's not played well, particularly the last six, seven games. And he's got the captain's armband for one of the biggest games of the season. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. No, and he and he didn't show any <clears throat> he didn't show any leadership in his performance either. So when you're talking that maybe you're you've got a bit of a void because you've not got Casper at the back, kind of but barking at his defence and the rest of the team. You've got Tillemans just ghosting through through the game, not setting an example to anyone. At the same time, it's not like you had a team of young lads. Like, you, that, that team's not a million miles away from what you've been pulling out in the Premier League. They just didn't fancy it, did they? I think there was a, in the second half, it didn't lead to a Forest goal. Um, but I watched the game back to, today in work just to kind of have another glance at it, taking the emotion out of it. Today, was it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> cut that bit out, please. Um, <laughs> we get sacked tomorrow. Um, and, and Forrest were having a break, and they had three players on the break, and you had about six players back, and not one of them sprinted. Not one player. You were three-one down at that point, and not one Leicester City player sprinted. And I know Tillemans, I think, was off at that point, but I think that, that just set the tape, the tone for the whole game. If you've got Two centre midfielders, Tillemans and Ndidi, who, let's be fair, like we've all thought they're really good. They, they've done great things at times. They're not at it at the moment. They just set the tone for the rest of the game. And that just carried on through the whole of the game into the second half, even when Tillemans wasn't on. <laughs> who went captain when he came off? I, I don't know. I'd give it up. I'd give it up by that point, I think. <laughs> oh, is that right? I okay, think they yeah. just threw the armband on the floor, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I was crying for Tillemans and Ndidi to be taken off after about 30-odd minutes to bring Chowdhury and KDH on because they were just dog shit. They really were. Barry, in that sort of situation, you're 3-0 down away at, at local rivals, we'll call them, in a local derby, um, not rivals because they don't care about us, apparently. 3-0 um, down, if the manager then wants to make a real statement, he could have made a couple of subs then, couldn't he? He's got five to make. Why wait until half-time to make a single sub? That's been a great opportunity for Brendan Rodgers to have laid the law down a little bit, because he's done a lot of talking, and we'll come on to that shortly, but why leave it so long? That's the thing. Like You can't come out at the end and say, 
the teams didn't have commitment in heart if you if you're not going to have any like do you, that is the thing like if he took Yuri off or took Indidi off for KDH or Somali I, I agree with Tom Somali was probably the right guy to come on early doors and just throw in some tackles and shove his weight about I don't I don't know like it, it just seemed so weird the whole team only Justin for me did all right I think the rest of them were just I don't know are they looking past the summer are they, are they thinking the season's a goner um, and even he got a goal before half time now that should be enough you're good enough yeah. it, but like Aaron mm. said that it's pretty close to your starting lineup, and that should be enough I think the biggest miss was Vardy not being there because he would just wind people up and, and, and distracted that back four they had a piss easy game and it's not it's not um, Ian Acho's fault it's just he didn't get any service he um, can't play as a one really can he as well so he was up there by himself in the first half I know he scored after a goalkeeper but that's it's not his game no. But you can't yeah. judge him really, can you? He had two no, chances. No. One he, he missed horribly, and the other one he took away, which was a really difficult chance, really. It was so, a free goal, really, for us. It was a free goal, but it was a different it wasn't easy. No. Uh, do you think do you, th- do you think Rogers is playing to get fired? Do you think he's doing a bit of Mourinho? No. Once, once the payout. No, I, I don't I, personally I don't think he'd come out in public and slate the players that he has done. I've not seen anything like that from a manager. He, well, he was worried, yeah. wasn't he? He was worried before the game. Why playing local rivals when you're the FA Cup holders? Do you think you need to bring the FA Cup into the changing room to remind everyone what it's all about? He must have been worried about the attitude to he do. Brought it into the changing game. room, did he? Yeah, he did. Well, not the changing room, but the training ground or whatever the day before or whatever. Yeah, they had he a team the meeting. Cup wasn't in. It? Yeah, yeah, just to get there. Look, this is what we won. This is what we're fighting for. Why does he think he needs to do that? We're playing Nottingham Forest. We got Huddersfield in the, uh, you know, we're through to the bloody quarterfinals or something, if almost, you know, you would expect if we win this tie, which is going to be difficult. And he's doing something to, to G them up. <clears throat> Why would you need to do that even? Why would, does he think he needs it? And it didn't work anyway. Yeah, it's pretty valid. It's a really good point, yeah. Uh, Aiden. How good were Forest on the day? So we don't want to go into a love fest, particularly for them, because you know they're a bit of a joke anyway, aren't they? But the fans are anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut that out. This is frustration still coming through. But how, how good? How good were they? What, what were the highlights in their game? I mean, they're on, under under Cooper. They've gone as we've already mentioned. They've gone from the bottom of the championship up to playoff contenders. You know, they've, they're a good. They're a good championship team. They've got a lot of confidence. What you saw there was it was a team with a lot of confidence who knew that if they got in our faces, they would have their home crowd behind behind them, and the the, the place would be bouncing. They knew that, but all you have to do is look at our record and look at us this season at, at our defensive frailties and see that that we're a team whose confidence seeps out of us very quickly. I think it was Dominic who was on the show and reminded us that we're an emotional team. You know, once we get once we go down a goal down couple of goals down, we find it very hard to, to come back. Um, and I think that's exactly what you saw on, on Sunday, exactly what you saw yesterday. They knew that if they could get ahead um, and get the, the crowd behind us, they would rattle us. And we were rattled yesterday. You don't like me saying this, Mark, but um, it, it reminded me of Windsor Park Wednesdays whenever uh, big big nations used to come to Windsor Park on occasion. And if yeah. Northern Ireland got in their faces, got a goal, the place was, was rocking. The, you're afraid to make a mistake. You're you're overthinking everything, and the crowd's on your back for every wee touch or every back pass or anything. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. It was a 
that wasn't an unusual thing to see in the FA Cup. You know, a, a team going well, only one division below us, uh, below a team you know who is struggling in their own division. That was you know that was very it was very evident that 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 was a very strong possibility to happen yesterday. And I think the disappointing thing as a Leicester City fan is that we didn't we didn't seem to have factored that in, and we weren't prepared for it, and we really should have been. You know, this is we, lack we of... had to meet them with a fight, and we didn't. Is the lack of leaders a real concern, Tom? Because we spoke about Tillemans as captain this time last year. We'd have had uh, Wes Morgan, Fuchs, Vardy and Schmeichel still around. All bright and obviously on the bench. Well, Lanson, care and take it up a bit of a level for us. Yeah. These young pros that are coming through, and I don't mean to sound like a grumpy old man when I say this, they're just a bit sort of fancy down and a bit soft, aren't they? Soft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you kind of take... Michael out of the equation which we have and we don't always feel like he should be captain anyway um, with the position that he's in we'd obviously rather have a captain at, at centre-back or at midfield really who can who can um, influence the play a bit more but um, yeah I mean look at the rest of our lads who else would you want wearing the captain's armbands you've only really got Vardy and he's, he's Johnny, be, Johnny Evans but he's, he's going to be off in a year or two Evans is he ever going to get back on the pitch is uh, he is he going to get back I've got big doubts I think at this stage of your career and as much as it grieves me to say it I think at this stage of, of his career this is a long enough spell out this injury injury issues have been dogging him more and more remember the the um, FA Cup final, and he's not really been. He has come back since, but um, he hasn't played much for for us or for Northern Ireland. No, I think I'd be very skeptical of of his ability to to come back from this and function at the high at the high enough level that we want him to. So it's I'd be I'd be worried for Johnny Evans. Big blow, that isn't it, Tom? Well, yeah, of course it is. Um, I mean, he's he's been one of the the greatest leaders we've had recently. Um, and you know, he'd be brought on Sionku's game really playing alongside him, didn't he? And since he was out, Sionku's gone to shit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're struggling. And I think even with this kind of strip out of players uh, that that we're predicting in the summer, I, I don't know who we're gonna get coming in to to fix the problems that we've got because they're they're running deep. Does it not surprise you even more then, Steve, that we didn't just go for anyone really on, uh, even on loan in the, the window, just to try and freshen it up a little bit. Because, you know, you've seen the effect at, at Villa where you've got Coutinho and Dean, you come in and, and make a bit of a difference and it gives everyone a bit of a lift. Uh, we've got the same players doing the same thing, getting the same results. Yeah, it depends who you can sign. I don't think we were going to ever spend the money to sign a player that would give us a lift. And with Fafana due to come back, James Justin due to come back, uh, Pereira due to come back, you know, was that was there the same panic? But everyone was just no one did the job well. I mean, we watched the replay, didn't we? Of the headed goal, was that the fourth goal or the third? The third. third, third. And I thought it was Justin uh, who was beaten too easily for the header for the was that the first goal. Uh, I didn't think he had a great game. I'm a fan of James Justin Barry, but I didn't think he had a great game. He was at fault for the first goal. He just kept pumping aimless long balls forward to nobody. And then he was man-marking somebody. Wilf was man-marking the goal scorer. And both of their players got away from Justin and Wilf, right? 
and and the guy had a free header. And then what Tielemans was doing on the line, I don't know. He kind of moved off the post and didn't get anywhere near it, did he? But um, it was a bit so like a salmon jumping they, out of water, wasn't it? Yeah. Everything they did, they did badly. I mean, everyone moaned about zonal. We've got to change from zonal. We changed from zonal. Now we're shit at man marking. <laughs> we are. Barry, I'll read to you a little bit of Brendan Rogers' quotes after the game. I'm sure you've seen them. Um, but he said yesterday, too many players think they're top players, but they're a long way off that. Some players have achieved everything that they can at this football club. I watch training every day, and some it's everything that they could dream of. They've won the FA Cup. That might be it for them. But it's not. That's that's not it for me. That that's an astonishing uh, statement, isn't it, from a man as calm as Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, well, you can understand it if he's. Well, like I didn't know that about the, the having the cup on the training ground and, and having to G your team up like that is that is it's poor, and you would be frustrated because that is pretty much your strongest side. But you can get it. You can understand it. Like you must see it as being fans. I I be fuming at that video, whether it was on the night or not, I'd be fuming at the lack of performance. Uh, the two centre midfields that were worth 50, 80 million are now lucky if they're worth 20. I just don't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's just um, the de- the defence can only do so much. And it doesn't matter who the centre to there. If Evans and Fafana were there and your midfield play that, you're still going to get similar outcomes. Similar outcomes because they're just non-existent. And there has to be, I don't know if it's cliques that are forming or Rogers is trying to do something different or what, but this kind of happened. This, this not kind of happened after you won the, the league as well. It was just kind of a fallout between players and, and, and Claudio had to go and it was just, it seems very similar. It's, it's a bit sort it's of just, big time Charlie. It's a bit yeah. big time Charlie for me. It's the opposite, um, isn't it, that we've ever seen from Brendan Miller. He's only about bigging players up and telling them that they, yeah. that they can achieve. He's saying, look, you're not as good as you think you are, some of you. But then does that not, to me, like, that, that screams that he's also maybe just went, that's probably it for me. If, if, I, can't, if I can't get you G'd up for this game, then it's not going to happen yeah. any other game. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But he said before the game he was going to make, he was going to freshen up the squad and make changes. So I think he's seen it in training for a while. There's some, I mean, he plays a, a pressing game. And if you're not up for that, if you're not up for putting the energy and the effort in to win a game by working hard when you haven't got the ball, you've got no chance. I mean, it could have been 6 one. I suspect you know? we're going to. Yeah. I suspect we're going to disagree on this point a little bit as we as we talk through it, Aaron. But Brendan Rodgers now been installed as the four to one favourite as the next Premier League manager to to lose his job. And I think the the real thing that's in his favour, two real things that are in his favour, are uh, the FA Cup win and the size of his payout <laughs> that we we probably wouldn't be prepared to to spend. How secure is he in his role at the minute? And how do you think he's performing? Well, I suppose the first question, and I kind of put this in our chat, how can you not afford to sack him? Surely losing out on, we know how much money there is based on Premier League finishes, whether you get European football or not, what that's worth. So surely there's a, a, a cost to risk analysis there. That if you don't make a certain position, how much money are you going to lose? Is that more or less than what, what it's going to take to pay him off? Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I think you get to the point, and I think as a neutral sitting on the fence, I don't know which way I sway if I was you, whether he should go or not. But as soon as you start watching players 
not running for the manager, not really playing, whether it's technically, physically, emotionally, whatever way you want to look at it, he's in trouble. It doesn't matter how good of a manager you are. If the players stop playing, you can, yeah, you might have a change around in the summer, but you don't even get rid of 25 players and bring 25 new in. So who's, who's, who's still with him, guys? Who wants him or who thinks he's still the right man for the job at this stage? Aidan. I, I'm going to put my hand half up because I'm not sure if he's, uh, I mean, he has, there's something terribly wrong and he's got to take some responsibility. He's not good at that, but he has to. But I just struggle to think that we get this better. Is, is that your I'm point? A minute. Is that your point as well, Aidan? Or, or are you thinking yeah, that he's, I might, uh, uh, I think my I'm reserving judgment for until maybe the end of February. Um, I think this is a, a watershed, like a watershed moment for both for him and the squad. Um, how we how we bounce do we bounce back from this or or don't we? Um, we've got some tough games ahead. We've got Anfield on on Thursday, and I think it's it's fine to go there and lose, but it's not fine to go there and, and be embarrassed, be taken apart. Um, mm-hmm. West Ham United then on Sunday, and um, of course we only have a we we play Thursday night. They play tomorrow night, so they, they'll be fresher than us. Um, not they haven't been in a great run of form, but they they really took us apart um, in London at the end of August. If you remember that game, Sunchu had a bit of a nightmare that night. So, um, and then then away to Wolves. Um, so there's yeah, I think there's there's some tough Premier League games um, coming up for us, and and maybe reserve judgment until after those. Um, I think we need to review our review our hopes for this season. I think a, a, a top half finish will have to do us, and then um, see how this uh, four out of ten conference league um, goes for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the thing there is we spoke about Crusaders' season at the beginning of the the show, we were talking about all the things that they can achieve and and where we can go. We almost feel like we've written the season off now. We're just we're waiting for it to get out of the way so we can start again. That's a really odd position to be in after 20 league games, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but I mean, then then a, maybe it's a bigger conversation about expectations and, and what we should be expecting as Leicester City fans. Have we been punching above our weight with two top five finishes um, in the last two seasons? I would say from, from the way we've played this season, though, um, the squad that we've got, we should we should have picked up better results. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if we're over or underachieving. I think what we've got in the squad, there's, there's games that we've just thrown away this season in the Premier League. <clears throat> yeah, okay. and what I'd say on that point as well, Aidan, is, you know, last year we had injuries. We only just missed out on Champions League. We won the FA Cup, right? Yeah. And this year, all the younger players should be stepping up one more. So why shouldn't we still be there? But, yeah, no, yeah, yeah Evans and Vardy are getting a year older. But what about what about Madison, Barnes, KDH, uh, Fafana? You leave KDH um, alone. Sionchu, <laughs> Thomas. You'd expect you them to improve, wouldn't you? You'd expect <laughs> them to be better for a year. For a year, yeah, so. they're not really gelling as a size. The, play, no. the players are mentioning and again. This is always a neutral. They just they just don't have that grit. I don't think. I don't. Mm. I don't think it's there. And I think you the, need a, you need a bastard. Yeah, you do need a bastard. And that John McGinn, isn't he? So someone like him in the midfield, or Douglas Louise. And I'm not here to stroke your ego because it's massive already. But uh, <laughs> I'm joking. He's not. Um, 
we don't have that. We don't have that in our midfield anymore. And that's very unleicester like. Yeah, absolutely. And and unfortunately, uh, like Dominic said and you said earlier, it's until he said that, I never really knew that about Leicester, how emotional they were. But that the Spurs game has crushed them. Absolutely crushed them. And mm. I, I don't know where the recovery is. It, even if it's like a shit 1-0 win against the West Ham, a Liverpool that might just bring that confidence back. But I don't see it. I think this is going to be a tough month. Tough month for Leicester, mm. unfortunately. You're taking Dede as an example, right? He's still a young man, right? Fairly young man. But when he started, he looked like he was going to be a world beater, like mm. the best defensive midfielder in the world, you thought. And for me, he's gone backwards. He's not developed at all. He's gone backwards. The number of guys gone backwards. But that's what I mean. So, like, um, sorry for using Villa as an example. I I didn't want Smith to go, but that you can absolutely see the change that Gerrard's done. Not just because he's brought in bigger names that probably Dean Smith wouldn't have been able to do, but the the players that are there, he's made them all better. And Brendan must have that in him. He, He wouldn't manage the clubs he's managed not to be able to change the mentality and change the mindset of these players. Like they, they do have to, they have to analyse the season. They have to cut it in two and go, this is what we've done in this season. This is what we need to achieve this season and then be ready for the next. But if he's just going to say, look, the season's a write-off and we're going to get everyone fit and go again, you're going to absolutely lose the men- mentality of the team and lose the momentum as well. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous to do that. The momentum's gone though now, isn't it? Where, where yeah. we're at at the moment. So I'll, I'll nail my colours to the mass a little bit and, uh, it's really sort of heavy heart for me because I've always championed Brendan Rodgers, but I think his time's done now because I think he has lost the dressing room. I don't see that um, desire and commitment that he brought to, to the club when he when he came that everyone was on the same page and we were like one well-oiled machine. I think at the moment he is trying to hide behind the players a little bit. Um, I think he needs to hold more of them to account. Even decisions like yesterday, given Tillemans the captaincy when he's, he's clearly going to be off, if he's going to be going at the end of the season, drop him now. Anyone that doesn't want to be in that football club next year, get rid of them now. Get the get the kids up. Let's see who's who's half good, who's not half good. We'll string enough results to get us through. We're only just going to string enough results to get us through anyway. Um, so so now's the time. Now my worry is that the only answer that a lot of people give for saying, look, let you know, Brendan's the right man is who else is there? Now for me, whoever's rubbish in their job doesn't get to stay in their job because. There's no one else there that's ready to take over at that point. It's about... Morris sure. Johnson? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a different conversation, Steve. It's a much, much longer podcast. But um, I think there's further damage that's going to be done if, if he stays in the role now for, for much longer. And I think we need to start planning ahead very carefully from this point. But, you know, I've got no bad words for Brendan. Uh, he's done some really great stuff for us. He's won us the FA Cup with the team last year. But I think he's, for, for me, about, about done. And I'm ready for you to tear me down now, anyone that wants to. Oh, I'll step in here. I, I'm the same. I was I actually voted on your poll last night saying Brendan in. And then you WhatsApp grouped the five wins in 19. And that is yeah. the exact same number Dean Smith had and he was banned. So yeah. like, I, I, when I think about it, you can you can be a bit sweet on someone and it's, yeah. it's not the right thing. So yeah, I, I do think you'll find someone, There's, but there'll be someone out there. So I think just go for it and do it. Big Sam's still available, I think. I feel like you've given me that speech before, Barry, after I've been dumped or something. But uh, it's, it's still, <laughs> <laughs> you'll find someone eventually. There's someone there. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, uh, 
but if you got to look at it, like you can't um, you can't just assume it's got to be a big name. Like you just got to look at someone that's transforming transforming a club or making a difference. Or Dave Cooper. Like, yeah, but like that's an example. Look, look at what the hell he's done. Yeah. Like, what, like, how would you feel if someone like Rooney was given the opportunity? <laughs> no, I, I, like, I think Wayne Rooney's doing a great job. But realistically, yeah, it, he's proven it, and he can come in with that authority. What you're going to get is this will go out, and that'll be on it, and you're going to get Leicester fans that have got these delusions of grandeur that go, "Oh, we can have a Ten Hag or a, uh, is it Ten Hag that was at Ajax?" Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, people of, yeah. of that ilk, uh, the guy that was at uh, Borussia Dortmund before, and stuff like. That's not. We're not going to attract that level of, of manager. We're simply not. We're paying that rate. You know, the fact we're paying Brendan Rodgers 170 grand a week or something, and not backing him with the funds is, is odd to me. But that's a, a different story. But I think as a club, we have to take that risk on that person that's up and coming. Otherwise, you end up with yeah. Rory Hodgson, don't you? We've never spent money though, so you're going to attract. Uh, um a manager that's good at working with the youth and will sell players off one or two every year and invest wisely the money that comes back. Because the net spender Leicester's been pretty minuscule over the last few years. And you've got to bear that in mind as well. Yeah, I said last week, didn't I, or last show, it's 14th out of the 20th, uh, 20 teams in the Premier League over the last last five years. Listen, we'll, we'll move on a little bit because I want to discuss uh, crowd behaviour um, or lack of it yesterday in Nottingham, but um, I'm sure we're all delighted for Nottingham Forest and their progression to the fifth round. I nearly kept a straight face saying that. I, I've got a last man standing for us tonight, guys. Um don't want to sound a bit bitter, but it's 11,607 days since the last time Nottingham Forest won a trophy. Just want to get that in there. It's 11,610 days. Um, I've got my question for you tonight is, Tell me a team that have won a domestic trophy more recently than Nottingham Forest. Flintstones FC don't count because uh, that's, that's prehistoric as well. Steve, I'll, I'll start with you. The 16 teams. Woolwich, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. No, the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal, yeah. Uh, Barry? Since a domestic trophy since Nottingham Forest last then. Yeah, so I should say, by the way, Forest last won theirs in 1990. Yeah, Aston Villa then. Yeah, 19... Oh, no, 2006. Is that right? No, it would be 1996 or 1994. Yeah, I messed that up, I know. Uh, yeah, League Cup that was, wasn't it? Yeah. Against Manchester United, 3-1 at Wembley. Uh, Aaron? Manchester United. Manchester United, 2017. Five years this year. But they're going to beat Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, aren't they? And go win that. So it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah, at least, yeah. And then we'll win the Conference League in there. It's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Uh, Tom. Leicester City. Leicester City, 2021. Aidan. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur FC. 2008, their last trophy. Steve. Manchester City. Yeah, 2021, the Premier League. Barry. Chelsea. 2021 as well. Uh, Aaron. Liverpool. Yep, 2020. Now we're getting interesting because we've uh, we've got rid of some of the big names now. How many's left? There's eight left. I'm a bit worried that we're going to complete this. 
and there's still going to be all six of you in. No, I don't know about that. Um, Save me. I will go Newcastle. No, don't be daft. You're out. Get ready. You can plan next week's. (laughs) Newcastle, I think the last time they won anything was 1940-something. I might be be wrong. Uh, Aidan McCormack. Uh, Wigan Athletic. Wigan Athletic, 2013. Steve. Blackburn Rovers. Yep. Do you know what year it was? 1992? No, 2002. They won the League Cup. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, Barry, sorry. Birmingham City. We're down to five left now. I'm getting worried. 2011. Was it Oberfemi Martins with a winner against Arsenal? It sure was, yeah. And they got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah. Aaron? Taking a punt, I think they actually lost in the final. Bolton? Yeah, they did lose in the final. Sorry, pal. Thanks, though, for getting it wrong. Uh, five left, three of you guys left. Aidan, you're next. Uh, Leeds United Football Club. 1992. Was that the league? Did they win the league in 92? Yeah, they, did, the, they? they were the last winners of the league before it, became before it was the Premier League. Lee Chapman, their super striker. Uh, Steve? I think this might have been before Florist, but I'll go for it anyway. Everton. 1995, Paul Rideout scored the winner in the FA Cup final against, uh, was it Man U? 1-0, wasn't it? Yeah, 1-0, mm-hmm. Man U. Yeah. Barry, three left. I'm getting worried now. Middlesbrough. Ah, oh, Jesus. Two left. Middlesbrough, 2004. I feel like I've let you down here. Uh, Aidan? I'm going to go for uh, Blackburn Rovers. It's already been said. No. Has it? Yeah. 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 You can have another game. Um, Portsmouth? 2008. Good shout. It's one left. Steve. Uh, I'm not going to get it, I don't think. Um, Norwich City. No. Barry. Let's just stand in the dark for them. No. Aiden. The win. Oh dear. Um, no, Millwall. No. Oh, Swansea City. They won 4 0, didn't they, in the uh, League Cup final? I think it was 20, 2012. Can't remember who they played. Nathan Dyer scored two goals, though, that day. Yeah. So, uh, so in, the, in 2012, Wigan won the FA Cup and Swansea won the, won the League Cup. And Aguero, and Aguero won the Premier League, if you remember that year. <laughs> Guys, um, I, I don't have a, a winner this week because I don't have a backup question or anything. So, uh, we'll move on we'll have a, a joint title this week what, what isn't joint is that your last time alright so you, you get that question want to touch really quickly Steve on the, the behaviour of uh, I, I say fans loosely yesterday but there's some disgraceful scenes from Nottingham beforehand smashing pubs up uh, and certainly during the game with a fan running onto the pitch and, and punching a, a Nottingham Forest player in, in the face uh, what was your thoughts when you saw that uh, to be honest, I wasn't surprised because um, 
one starting the game in the afternoon was asking for trouble. And, you know, people posted, uh, you know, a pub full of Leicester fans at 8 a.m. Yeah. Um, all young lads, no one in colours, you know, by the look of it, you know. And uh, I've seen it. I've seen it on the European tour. I've seen it in Madrid, trashing that whole square, starting fights with the police, innocent Leicester fans then getting beaten up by the police um, just for being there. Um, so I'm not surprised, sadly. There's an element of Leicester fans are just morons. And it's been going on for years. I, I remember going to watch us back in the 80s and uh, so pissed off with some of our fans' behaviour back then, just completely arsehole not in a fit state to watch a game and just wanting trouble. And we still got that element there. Um, and all, as for the, as for, fans though, aren't they? Yeah. And as for the guy who punched, uh, came onto the pitch to punch the forest players, he needs thrown in jail. He well, wants to get get banned. He needs yeah, to go yeah. inside. Yeah. So if we look at the guy that punched Grealish, Barry, he got sent down, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think he had a six-week sentence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably sure. like it's happening again. The, the, the guy's 19 years old. He's been charged with three counts of, uh, of uh, assault. So I don't know what else happened ar- around him. Um, and he's been, he's got to go back, I think, on the 24th of, of February. But it just taints the, the name of the football club, doesn't it? Aidan, yeah. when you see things like that, is that prevalent over in Ireland? Or is it a bit, bit of a calmer atmosphere out there? People like me. Um, occasionally you'll, you'll get. Um, Occasionally, you'll you'll get what you would get at a lot of football football matches. You know there is that element in, in so many fan bases, but um, it hasn't been a big thing in Northern Ireland recently. Um, we had Morgan Day in two thousand and five, whenever Chris Morgan scored the winner for Glen Torren over Linfield to win the league, and um, there was a big fence around the pitch, but one of the stewards left the the gate unlocked. So um, yeah, that was quite an interesting day. <laughs> we had a full on riot, and he, like. Um, a Linfield fan got caught in the corner by Glentoran fans and was having his, his face kicked in. But apart from that, things have been pretty calm. Because things over in England are getting that little bit worse, Aaron, I think, at the moment. Well, you see it quite often um, now that people are encroaching on, on the field. And it seems to be this general atmosphere that it's all right to go and smash up people's things out in the city that you're visiting and, and then to go and do that on the, the football pitch. It's, it's just vile, isn't it? I can only think that it's these bellends that have been sat in their house for 18 months with lockdowns and whatnot. I hate the world for whatever reason. All this shit with the government setting great examples. and They're just so frustrated with everything that's going on. The only way they know how to deal with it is to just be absolute fucking nonces at, at football <laughs> and ruin it for everyone. Um I think the, the other thing, and obviously I don't condone, I, I'm not a violent person, I don't condone... What watching that game yesterday, if you're in the stadium, what would make you want to put punch a forest player over a Leicester City player? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, yeah. It's a good point. Well, they couldn't they couldn't really rely on a Leicester player doing it because they'd have missed the way that things were going yesterday. <laughs> but, but it's, yeah, it's a really it's good just, point. It's but ridiculous, right? Yeah. And I don't want to put too much airtime to it really, but I think we just need to take a couple of minutes just to say what an absolute tool this lad is, Tom. I've not seen him around, have you? No, I've not seen him. Um, but yeah, like like Steve says, I'm not ever so surprised. Um, I mean, it's disgusting what what people do if they go and visit visit these other cities. And I mean, I know it's Forest, but come on. <laughs> well, I've um, got one simple message to them. You know, fuck off. We don't need you. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, but we're, we're seeing this all the time. We're seeing it at the European games that we've had. Um, you know, people running across the stands to twat each other and hit, hit each other with belts in the street. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what can be going through these people's heads before they do it. Um, Tom's turned into Danny Dyer. Some geezers. But... <laughs> <laughs> just, I just don't understand, like... The, the people that do this must have no responsibilities or, you know, or conscience, really. Yeah. It just ruins... Tell, tell, tell me this, right? So that guy that guy must be relatively high up on the sort of listings to get yeah, a ticket. So, like, why... Like, I don't know the, I don't know if you watched the recent Old Farm game. There wasn't away fans of that. And that's to... It's punishment to prevent sectarian singing and brawling. So they just need to come down on it. Like it is, it is one man that's spoiling it for everyone, but you kind of have to do it to stop it because you're yeah. not going to be a legend if you're preventing people going to the games. You'll be a legend if you go to prison for six weeks and come out and get a fucking Leicester tattoo in your chest. Like it's, it's just, that's what the the, the Birmingham say guy. Like he's he's like a legend in social media now because he smacked Jack Grealish, but you didn't get a punishment. It wasn't a proper punishment. Yeah. So you yeah. need to you need to punish people that won't want you back in the stadium. You wonder where it ends as well, don't you? So, yeah, that's a guy coming on, doing his, his windmill and all the rest of it. But who's the next guy? Is he going to have a knife exactly. on him? You know, what, what's, what's going to happen for it to be taken seriously? It, it was yeah. a really, really, really dark day for our, our football club yesterday. And that was a big part of that. So uh, I hope we don't see repeats of that in the, the weeks coming. Some weeks that are probably going to be difficult for us as a club as, as well as we, as we move forward. Uh, just one more piece that came out overnight. Steve, something split the fan base a little bit again. Some people saying it's fine. Listen, they're having a drink after a game. Um, then the excuse came out that maybe it was it was recorded before. But uh, Danny Ward's girlfriend posted an Instagram video with Danny uh, Hamza Chowdhury and James Justin uh, having a bit of a drink last night. Very very good spirits. Looked a little bit worse for wear. It's really poor timing, isn't it, for that to to come out after a defeat like we had yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. And and. Uh... You know, Wardy needs to have a word with her. I mean, if she did put it out without permission, and if it was last night, because there is some denial of that, but, you know, for them to be in a good mood, I mean, we went out for a drink. We went out till 4 a.m., right? And they've got a game on Thursday. That's because we're too old, mate. They should have been there. They've got a game on Thursday they've got to be right yeah. for. And that's yeah. just uh, not on. And look, how many times has Hamza been caught breaking the rules or doing stuff he shouldn't do? And yeah. he's not on his own either. If that was on the night, it is kind of a fuck you to Rogers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it is. Because so, yeah. that would be the Barry. first time, Barry. Yeah, that's Barry, oh, absolutely. If you've got really dedicated individuals, that would have been an early night and they'd have been doing some serious soul searching today, wouldn't they? You would have, Yeah, you would have thought so. But that's that's where the... Yeah, it's, I hate seeing the term big team, Charlie, but it's, it's the only way I can sort of express it like that. I, I just don't get it. Like, I just I don't understand, young or not, needing to release. You just had your break. Like, well, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand it. You look at Hamza Child, and I don't necessarily mean to single him out, but I'm, I'm going to. Um, <laughs> you, you've got a guy there that hasn't achieved a great deal in professional football. He's probably on 30, 40 grand a week because he's a squad player at a Premier League football club. And he seems quite happy with that. You've got Danny Ward that is a reserve keeper for the for the most part as well. They, I'm not sure they're the sort of people that you want around your squad long term, are they, in terms of desire and application? You want those guys biting to get into the team day in, day out. You don't want to be seeing stuff like this come out about them. 
Barry. Yeah, but you say I think you called that an early uh, with Danny Danny Ward. You were you were all surprised that he signed to be number two yeah. when he is kind of the peak of his career and he's an international. But like, why would you move if you, you're yeah. happy to be number two? Make some of the money because you're an international, you'll get paid a certain level. Uh, the bonus structure will be good of some sort. So yeah, yeah. but that, but then that's 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 created by the club. So that yeah. that needs to be scrapped. That's that's a. a a lifestyle that's been created and culture by the club, unfortunately. So that needs to be scrapped. Probably across the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, it it does, but it's not happening at every club, though, mate. So there is something, someone is accountable for that. And whether that's the person that makes the contracts, the the football director, whoever, that someone is, has helped generate that and someone needs to come in and get rid of it. Absolutely. Aaron, would you have been offended if that was Bristol City or do you think let them live their lives a little bit? And, you know, there's, there's enough going on in the world, really. I, I think I was reading some of the comments of people on your page that had different views to you. And do you know what? I, usually I try to say I can understand other people's points of view. I just can't. I can't get it. If you are a professional sports person in whatever sport, losing should be the shittest thing in the world. Like, if I lose it Monopoly, I am that person where the board hits the fucking ceiling. Like, how old are you kids again? Yeah, four and two, exactly. Like, <laughs> I can't lose it anything. So imagine these people who their whole reputation and livelihood is based around winning. They just don't want it that much. I think it says more about the culture amongst some of those players at the moment. They're just not that bothered. But like you said, they should have been at home, soul searching. I'm not up for these sappy comments that people put on Instagram when they're apologising to the fans. And I'm not into all that. But fucking do something then. Show you're sorry. Turn up mm. on the pitch. Deliver. Like, I think maybe a bit different for the keeper, but James Justin played a whole match. How, how if he put his whole life and soul into that game yesterday, how was he still drinking at four o'clock in the morning? Because mm. he should yeah. be fucked. I know they're professional athletes. And I'm like a tubby 30-year-old man that can't run down the street. But at the same time, surely if you've ran your socks off, put your foot into everything, give your everything for your team, for your fans, you, you can't be out drinking until that time in the morning. Something a bit unnerving around the mentality when you see Danny Ward's got some sort of Haribo stuck up his nose as well on one of the photos. <laughs> That's, that worries me a little bit around the mentality of, of some of the guys at the, the club. You spoke there about needing that, that moment. Steve, can we go to Anfield and win on Thursday night? Because uh, before well, before you we answer could, that, could, we could, couldn't we? Before you answer that, the odds are ten to one uh, on Leicester going to get a win there. So basically, if you put ten pounds on, you lose ten pounds. <laughs> 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 well, we could win. Uh, we just like us, wouldn't it? But you can't see it. You can see us. Uh, you can see it being embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah. Can anyone see anything other than a Liverpool win on on Thursday? No, we're going to get smashed. That's where we're feeling at the minute. It's, it's a horrible <laughs> thing. Yeah. A like, Barry mentioned the season after we won the league. It feels a bit like the end of the Puel era as well, where you're going into games knowing that you, you're a few seconds away from a horror story every, every game. It's a bit unnerving. You made Liverpool earlier on the season, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. With, well, and that was with, kind of after a wee bit of a, a dodgy time as well, wasn't it? Maybe not uh, as bad. No, no, I think we're probably a, 
sort of our ground zero at the moment is as bad as it's ever been in the, the last three and a bit years. But you never know, do you? Football's a funny old game, Barry, isn't it? It sure is. But yeah, I don't see a win, unfortunately. Uh, some some predictions for that then before we finish on it. I think Aidan has, has left the call. So, Steve, we'll start with you. I think we're going to lose 5-1. Oh, bloody hell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I want to. <laughs> now Steve said it, I'm like, shit, it might be that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 4 0 Liverpool. Aaron? Yeah, I was going to go 3 0 Liverpool. I think just on that, the performance against Liverpool will tell you all you need to know whether the players are still in yeah. Brendan's camp yeah. or not. If yeah, they yeah. turn up and play, then they're in his camp. If they just turn up and get walked over, that's going to say everything. Absolutely. And, uh, and Tom? Yeah, I was going to say 3-0 as well, but, you know, the, the worst predictions uh, that have been coming I out. I know what you're doing. Copy Aaron, because Aaron's... <laughs> <laughs> and then you can at least finish second. Yeah. What are you, what yeah. you saying, Mark? Uh, I, I'm going to go for a 3-1 defeat, I think. We normally score, don't we? So I can't, I can't see a goal our way. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it could be. And then we've got West Ham after that. I won't ask for predictions around that because a lot can change between now and then. Mm. It could be a long time in football, but I hope we get something out of the two games. That's my that's my hope for this week. Because uh, if we don't, I think we're going to be in a, in a real uh, negative sort of patch after that. And that's going to be difficult for Brendan at that point to, to hang on. Uh, Steve, Very. any thoughts on the West Ham game before before we finish off tonight? Well, they're a bit of a bogey team, aren't they? Especially, at, uh, is it home, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's on the TV as well, isn't it? Uh, um, I, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not. It's um, It's been a shocking weekend. Thank God the Tigers won. That's all I can say. I managed to see that. And Going back to Scotland after losing the Calcutta Cup is not going to be a joyful experience. It's I've your birthday loaded, tomorrow as well, isn't it? And it's my birthday tomorrow. And there's yeah. a few Forest fans in the amongst the client where I'm going tomorrow. So yeah. good luck with that. Yeah. Barry, how about you? What's the week look like for, for you? Working and football uh, yeah. and, and everything else? Oh, I'm looking forward to football because I've had two weeks of not really having anything to watch. So yeah, I'm pumped for the Villa game, pumped for the Leicester game. Um, the weekend will be the same. So um, yeah, just it's football, football, football. I've been just doing putting in the ground, uh, the goldie point there, the brownie points just now for the wife so I can get all this football when it's coming. A goldie point. And I just have to say what I mean. I won't tell you, I won't tell you how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say one of the show's big fans, Ian Griffiths, Griff, is on his way up to see me so we'll be watching the games on Thursday and is it Saturday the West Ham game? Was it Sunday? Sunday? No, it's Sunday. 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 We'll be watching the games together as well, so we'll be having a good old moan together. Let's hope not. Aaron, how about you? You get into a Bristol City game. There's must be at home this week, aren't they? Yeah, they're at home against Reading. I, I can't go in my other half's work in winter and I always bloody plans it the, the wrong time. But um, Bristol City have been playing really good football, so the last result was disappointing. So actually, um, I'm excited for, for Bristol City matches at the moment. Um and then I worked all weekend, so I've not played any football. So this week, playing football tomorrow night and then back to 11 side Sunday. So just excited to kick the shit out of people on a Sunday morning for a bit. 
Yeah, I, I could confirm that's what happens. Uh, having <laughs> having played behind him, I was the Casper and he was the enforcer back in the day. Uh, and Tom, how about your week? Yeah, well, I'm hopefully going to feel less pissed off as the week goes on, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, planning planning on going to the to the home game to the West Ham game, so I'll let you know what the general consensus is around the ground. Yeah, good. Well, I look forward to to that again next week. Hopefully, we'll have something positive to talk to. But I hope our hour of therapy has helped you know some of you guys a little bit. Uh, and I hope anyone that's listened to it has uh, has had a bit of a chuckle with us or at us. Uh, and, and you join us again for our next show after that. But that's the end of our episode of It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. And we'll join you again next time. Goodbye. Network.